Good evening. Hope everyone is doing well. Today we're going to be learning Maseches Beitza Daf Chaf Gimel. Um, and tomorrow morning, the Shachar starts at 6.30. I imagine it will end around 7.45 and then 7.42. All right, so Shir might start as early as 7.40 and 7.35 if the Chazan is very aggressive. So, um, okay, it'll be fine. So we're starting today, three lines from the bottom of Chaf Beis, Amud Beis, uh, at Ibayalahu. And we had begun a brief conversation yesterday about incense, whether that was allowed. And now we're going to discuss a number of iterations of that here in the Gemara today, three lines from the bottom. What about smoking foods? Uh, we do this to meats, but they used to do it to fruits and vegetables uh, and to other things as well. So that's a machlokas in the Amoraim. Rav Yirmiya Bar Abba Amar Rav says that it's Asr. Ushmuel Amar Mutter, machlokas. A key, critical, critical Rashi here that speaks to many things um, as it relates to doing certain types of malacha on Yontif, and this is where a lot of the conversation about smoking cigarettes and other smokable items uh, that actually burn, not the e-cigarettes. Those for sure are going to be uh, muksa slash usser. Um, and here, Rashi says as follows, five lines from the bottom in Rashi, Dibur Hamaskil Mahula Ashen. Rashi says, Mahula Ashen Peros Be'ashan, they would smoke fruits inside an incense container, Bisamim, Lilkot, Liklot, Tam Habosem, just so that the apple, you want it to be cinnamon infused, good, you'd put some cinnamon inside the smoking machine, whatever it was, and it would create that smell. Then the next Rashi says, oh, sir, the first sheet that says it's not a tifnu kiseruhu. You're just being a little over the top. It's unnecessary. The ain shavel chol nefesh. This is not shaykh to everyone. And coupled with uh, and also and here there's an this is where um, many many poskim uh, indicate that smoking on Yom Tov is going to be prohibited. And the reason why is because there's an Av Malacha involved, which is Havara, you're burning things, you're burning the tobacco, you're burning the contents of the cigarette and or the cigar. And because it's an Av Malacha and it's not Shava Lechol Nefesh, one of the criteria, one of the criterion is to make sure that it's Shava Lechol Nefesh. So that's why, according to many poskim, smoking is halachically problematic on Yom Tov. It's based on this exact sugya right here. Anyways, that's Shita number one. Revere me Bar Abba Amar uh, Rav says that it's Asr, Shmuel says it's Mutter. Rav Huna Amar, Rav Huna explains the Shita of Rav who says that it's Asr, Mipnei Shemechabe, that when you throw these spices onto the fire, it, at least momentarily, puts out part of the fire. So let's say, for example, you have a bonfire and you throw some, I know uh, I've seen this before, where you throw some, some kinds of small powders in there, they can, for a moment, they can lower the flame and that's a problem. Well, two lines from the bottom, Amalei Rav Nachman, Venema. Uh, why, why are you only saying that it's mechabeh? It also could be mavir. It also could increase the flame. Says the Gemara, I'm, you're right. You're right. It's a double problem. It's not a single problem. And even so, that's where the machlokas is. Now, on this same note, Amar of Yehuda al Gabi Gacheles Aser, it is not allowed. Where is this prohibition? Where does this prohibition exist about the creating the, the incense smoke? That's al Gabi Gacheles directly on coals. Al Gabi Cheres Mutter. Rashi says, Al Gabi Cheres Shehisiku. If you warmed up, if you heated up the Cheres, and then on that very, very hot bowl, you throw in the spices, that's fine. That's mutter because you don't have mechabe and you don't have mavir. mavir. The rabba, top line of Chav Kimmel, the rabba Omar al gabe cheres nami asr mishum de kamolid recha. This is a new principle. Um, we have had it in some iterations, certainly in Masecha Shabbos, that you are doing something called molid recha. You're creating a new smell. Rashi, second line. Dibur hamaschel de kamolid recha. You're creating a smell. Shenichnas becheres, shelo hayabo reach. 
the, the container itself, the cheres, didn't have a smell in it before. Now you're giving it a smell. You're creating something new. Similar to doing its own malacha. So therefore it's not allowed. Says the Gemara, Rabba v'Rav Yosef Damre Tarvai, who these two Amoraim in the third century of the Amoraim, they agree to the following: kasa ashirai to turn over a cup that has incense in it, it has the strong smell in it, to put it on ashirai on your clothing. You're not allowed to give that positive smell to your clothing. Um, Shabbos is just for sure true that when one puts on spray deodorant, you have to put it on location. You can't spray your clothes with it. Even before Shabbos, you could spray your clothes. They have these things called body sprays. Uh, they're kind of like deodorant, I guess. I don't know, they sell it. You can spray your clothes before, but you cannot do that on Yontif or on Shabbos. So what is the reason my time of fourth line? What's that? Oh, sorry, stop. that's another question. Mishum. Yeah, just started coughing right away. This, uh, this is psychosomatic learning. So uh, the second you hear about it, it's... Uh... Okay, so my time, well, what's the reason why this is other usher? For the same exact reason, Mishum de did Recha. Okay, how does this differentiate? If you have some of the smell on your hands and it rubs off, and if there's some type of moisture on your hands and it touches the garment, so says the Gemara Hasam, in that case over there, in that Mishnah that's being referenced of Mololo, there Hasam Recha Mishisa, it already had a smell in it, and you're just adding to it. That's not a case of Molid Recha. That's not new smell that you're adding to it. But in our case, with the cheres, where we said that the cheres has been heated and now you're adding the spice to the cheres, it's a new smell and it's not allowed. Now, Rava Amar, just an iteration on the above, he says, he says, you guys are being so machmer. You're allowed to put the spices even directly onto the fire because you're allowed to cook meat on there. Why would you not be allowed to cook spices? It's mutter to cook them. So he loved what? Okay, but there's a psukim and chumash for that. For that, there you could have a header from psukim and chumash. Right, everything is out, is out. Yeah, everything everything is based on psukim. But here we're talking about a regular guy. He's got uh, his own version of, of something that smells good, cinnamon, whatever, labrius, and he tosses it onto the flame. So Rava is Rava is like, what are you guys all talking about? Of course, this is totally fine. Now this goes goes in the face of the concept of shavuot nefesh that we were discussing earlier, because Rava seems to have a very expansive. Hey, go ahead, throw everything on the grill. Um, that's not, it's not necessarily simple because as you can see from the other Amoraim that we've been learning, not everyone agrees to that. Good. Um, as, of a similar nature, eight lines, nine lines, down, Darash Rav Givia, that's his name, Mibek Seal from the city of Seal, Apischa de Reishkalusa, at the door, at the opening of the home of the Reishkalusa. And here's what he said Kitura Shari. You're allowed to generate smoke. What does that mean? Amr Memar, Mike Tura. What, what smoke are we talking about? Ik Tura, Biyadi. We would never have known what this meant without Rashi. And Rashi basically says that it's a type of way to smooth out your clothes. It's a steam that's used to smooth out clothes. Ik Tura, Biyadi. That's my Uman who, for sure, that's going to be problematic. Vi'ila Ashen. And if it's going to be like we started our Gemara on the bottom of Chaf Bezam at Aleph, if it's La Ashen, so then says the Gemara, Aser, Dehakamechabe. Then that should be problematic because it's Mechabe. Obviously, this is not within line of Rava above. This is within the first track of Amoraim that we saw. So says the Gemara, what then did he mean when he said that Keturah Shari? It can't be that you're allowed to, to press your clothes with heat, with steam. And it also can't be that you're allowed to throw it on the fire. So says the Gemara, Amar le Rav Ashi la'olam la'ashen. We're talking about smoking an item. Uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I hold leniently, like Rava, that you're allowed to uh, that you're allowed to put it on there just like you would any other meat because it's yantiv and you're allowed to cook. No problem at all. 
So then says the Gemara, here's a slightly different version with a very similar conclusion. Ika de Amre, we're a quarter of the way down Chav Kim and Aleph. There are those who say that the conversation went like this. What was this? If it's the air, the steam that's going to smooth out wrinkles, then that's a Maisu Uman, that's not allowed. And if it's to generate smoke to give something flavor, so how then did we answer this question? And here's where the change is. Ana amrisa nehale umishme de gavra rabba. I said it in front of you, and I said it in, in the name of a gavra rabba. Amrisa nehale. He said it as well. Olam la ashen. Really, we are talking about la ashen to generate smoke, and therefore midi dehavi abisra agumer. And therefore, uh, it is permissible because Rav, Rava was really right, Ladina. And the way that he held is that even the incense could then be put on a fire. Uh, if we were to stop here and ask the Shaila that we started with, which is what about smoking on Yom Tov, it would seem from here that it's mutter. And it's very interesting that the Gemara seems to not factor in the Shavu Lechul Nefesh piece. This is a very serious debate in the postgame. If anyone does have uh, a habit uh, of any kind and they do uh, typically or are interested in smoking on, on the Chag, I highly recommend asking a Shaila to a competent posek. It is really not simple. In the same category uh, is showering. Uh, is showering shavalachol nefesh? Is that something that everybody needs? It's a two day yantiv. So if you shower every other day, it's really no big deal. You shower before yantiv, you shower motzei the second day, it's not that much longer than usual. If you're a mafunak and you shower three times a day, I could understand that how that happens. And our, the way we live now, most people shower either every day or every other day, approximately, give or take. Um, so it really does, uh, that this does generate a shila. It's a little strange that the postgame don't have a lot of kulas here because that's way more commonplace than smoking. I hope, I hope showering is more of a healthy habit than smoking. Nevertheless, the postgame do speak about this as a concern. Uh, and we are right now a third of the way down to the two dots. Uh, we had said uh, the, in the in the Mishnah on the previous page on Chaf Beis and Beis, that uh, one of the things that Rabban and Gamliel was lenient in was that he was allowed to make a gedi mekulas belele psachim that he was allowed to take a gedi he was allowed to take an animal and cover it with its fat all over its head just like the just like the korban pesach was brought and he was okay with that Tanya the Brisa writes Rabbi Omer Todos Ish Romi there was Todos uh, seemingly he was a Jew uh, and he lived in Rome and hin higes bene Romi lechol gedi mekulas belele psachim and he recommended to all of the Jews who lived there everybody should eat this food shalchu le the chachamim sent a letter ilmali Todos out had you not been so great gozarnu alecha nidui we would have put you into cherem why shal tamachel es bene Israel kachim bachutz you're not allowed to do that you live in Rome Rome's not the base of Mikdash how could you possibly feed everybody kachim the Gemara is like like real kachim like Obviously, it's not real kachim. So you're not even in Eretz Yisrael. There's no context in which to do these things. These are shilas that we spoke about in previous Masechdas. Let's say that right now, without a base of Mikdash, I dedicate an animal that I don't have. Let's say I had an animal in my pen, and I said, hey, this animal, this one's for the base of Mikdash. Does that work? The mechanics, does it work halachically? Those are shilas. But here, the Gemara says, he lives in Rome. It's not even shaykh that anyone would consider this to be kachim. Says the Gemara, no, it just looks like it, and we don't want we don't want there to be any mistakes when the base of Mikdash is rebuilt. So let's uh, let's keep things on the straight and narrow, and don't recommend this to people. I don't understand the case. It was non. It was a. It, they lived, they were just in Chutzla Aretz, and he was. He, it appears that's what the Gemara said. That's what the Gemara seems to say. Yeah, that's what it seems. Either way, they didn't like it. It wasn't for the base of Mikdash. He just told everyone, he recommended to everyone to make a Gedi on that night of Pesach to, to be in appearance of, just to look like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what the Gemara says. Belele Pesachim.
So the new Mishnah halfway down writes, Shloshet Dvarim Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah Matir. There are three things that Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah was lenient on. And the Chachamim Mosrim and the Chachamim did not agree. Number one, Paraso, his par, the par of Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah, he allowed his par to be Yotze Biritzua Shabain Karneha with a decorative um, a decorative uh, strip of fabric between the two horns. Um, and clearly he viewed it as what we would now call a tachshit, that one is allowed to wear tachshitim. Uh, women are allowed to go out with jewelry. There's nothing wrong with that. They wear earrings. They can wear a necklace. They can wear bracelets. No problem. Uh, that's fine. So halachically, it seemed that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah had no problem with his par wearing this uh, little strip of fabric. Who, what? No, no, nothing. The Korban Pesach wasn't a par. The Korban Pesach was a gedi. This was just a Hilchos Shabbos. Um, one could comb the hair with a metal comb on Yom Tov, which was very difficult to understand because it, uh, it often, as we will see in the Gemara, could make the animal bleed. And we were allowed to grind up the pilpalin in their rechaim. So that's what the Gemara says. Okay, so let's uh, figure out how this works. The end of the Mishnah writes, and we'll come back to this line in the Mishnah. Uh, Rabbi Huda says, and this is very important, we'll see that this is really against our general understanding of Rabbi Huda. He says that we're not allowed to use the metal comb to comb the, the mane of an animal on Yom Tov, because it could cause for a bruising on the skin. Um, a bruising could even just be the reddening of a skin, drawing blood and giving someone a good punch. Uh, this applies in Hilchos Mila when a person does a tafas bris. A tafas bris is where uh, a moel will do a secondary poke for someone whose bris wasn't kosher for a whole host of reasons. Either it was done too early or, or it was done in a hospital setting where the practitioner wasn't an Orthodox Jew, an observant Jew. These are uncomfortable conversations. I have to, the rabbi first gave me this kula that if you think that they're going to use a secular moel, just push off the bris because otherwise the bris is not kosher. So it's really quite complicated. And they say, oh, have you heard about Mr. or Rabbi so-and-so who's, you know, who I know is not from, so what am I supposed to tell? Like, it's very uncomfortable. Like, oh, well, they're, well, they're not Sabbath observant. So then the covenant and the Sabbath, they're both covenants. And we got to make sure that the covenant is being done by someone who keeps, it's very awkward. Anyways, halacha al-maisa, when you do a tafas tam bris, the halacha and shulchan archa is that you don't have to actually draw blood. The blood just has to be nitzra, or just has to show. So I've done, this, this only has happened to me once when I've done a tafas tam bris, where I did the poke and for whatever reason, it didn't actually pierce the skin, but the skin turned extremely red. It was very irritated from the needle. Um, and that was considered enough for a tough The baby was fighting and kicking. I was two years old. He was an older kid. It wasn't so simple. Anyways, so this is the same thing. makes the skin uh, look to be very, very red. By the way, this is separate of the iser of gozes of tearing out hair, right? There's a lot of possible things that can go wrong here. We're assuming under these circumstances that it's their Shabbos brush, as it were. Uh, for those of us who brush our hair regularly, I am not one of those people. So Mark, right, every day. Um, so, uh, yeah, what? Twice a day. Twice a day. So there are regular brushes where the bristles are very thick, and sometimes those bristles are very hard. Um, fine. But on Shabbos, we need to have a brush that really doesn't pull any hair. Much more difficult for people who have very long hair, of course. Um, and for a woman to brush her, her hair uh, with a brush in a way that doesn't pull out hair, the best raya is to practice during the week and look at the brush when you're done. If the brush has a lot of hairs in it, you're in big trouble. Find a way to get your hair to uh, to be uh, masudar on Shabbos. Do whatever you have to do, but it's still 
possibly a serious iser of brushing your hair, one should be very careful. Anyways, Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that you can't use this comb because it made a chabura. Aval, mekartzifin, you could use a comb that was made out of wood. You can't use the metal comb and you also can't use the wood comb. We're going to go through all three of these shitos before we end today. We're going to be finishing toward the bottom, right at the end of the parak, uh, at the bottom of Chav Kimel Bays. Let's go. We are two-thirds of the way down. We're at the Gemara. The way that our, our Mishnah spoke, it seemed to assume that Rabbi Eliezer ben Azaria, it said, Paraso Yotza, his par. Lemeimer, the Rabbi Eliezer ben Azaria, chada para He only had one par. We know from other places in Shas. The Amarab, the Amrila. Some say Rav said it, and some said that his Talmud, Rabbi Huda, said it. We know that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah was fantastically wealthy. Tleisar Alfe Egle have a Meiser, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, may edre kol shata Every year, he would give 13,000 animals as Meiser, which means that his, his base number was 130,000 animals. What do you mean, Paraso? His par, he only had one animal, says the Gemara. That's not what's going on. The Gemara says, Tana, lo shalohai. So the Mishnah that we're referring to here, it wasn't even his animal altogether. Of course, he was a very wealthy person and had a lot of, uh, you know, the currency of the time it was either agricultural or animal, one of the two. Ella shel shechenaso haisa, it belonged to his neighbor. Mitok because... When she allowed this animal to go out with this ribbon in, in its hair, Nikre Sal Shumo, the animal was referred to as though it was his, even though he had way more than that. Says the Gemara, the two dots, um, what does it mean, karud, and what does it mean, karsif? These two types of combing, karud, ketanim, the, the uh, teeth. The bristles on the card were very small, the osin chabura, and were able to puncture the skin or at least damage the skin in some way. Karsif gedolim. The Ain Osin Chabura, much wider bristles, much uh, bigger bristles. They were probably more round at the end and they didn't cause any damage. The Gimel Machlokos Padavar, there is a three way Machlokos in regards to these combs. You can imagine the iterations. Neither of, of you can't use either of them. You can use both of them and you can only use one of them. So we're going to see all three of those sheets as now. Says the Gemara, 10 lines or so from the bottom on Chavkem Lamanal, Rabbi Huda Savar, Dabar Sheinu Miskavein Aser, that uh, in general, Rabbi Huda, as we know, famous Shasugya, we know that when a person does an act and it was Dabar Sheinu Miskavein, it, it, it will possibly have a secondary result. I wanted to just bounce the ball off of the wall and inadvertently it turned off the light switch. So was the throwing the ball off of the wall okay? Says Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that a Dabr Shein even though it wasn't your intention, you're not allowed. However, we are going to be strict on the metal comb, but and he doesn't make a we don't make a, a rabbinic decree on the wooden comb in light of the metal comb or the large tooth comb in, in, in light of the uh, small tooth comb because uh, he, he doesn't extend the gzera. We'll see in a moment of others who do. The Rabbanon were all well, of the opinion, they sided with Rabbi Huda, the Dabrashen Miskaven is Aser. The Gazrinon Kartuf Atu Karu. They were very strict. So the first opinion split. The first opinion said no, uh, no, no metal one, but yes to the wooden one. The second one says no to both. Rebelazar ben Azariah, our Mishnah, Rebelazar ben Azariah, he sides like Rib Shimon in regards to the Machlokas of Rib Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda about Dover Shane Miskaven, Damar Dover Shane Miskaven, Mutter, Ubain Karud, Ubain Kartsu Shari. No matter what, it has to be the case that both of them are Mutter. The only way this works in halachic terms. The only way that a Dabrash enemy Skaven can exist, the case, is where the result of a Malacha is not definite. 
There have to be times where we take this metal comb and we can comb the mane of an animal, whatever we're doing, and there isn't a chabura. Because if it was definite, then it's not a dabrashen miskaving. Then it's a psik reshe, and that's for sure not allowed. No one would ever allow such a thing. The only machlokas of Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon is in a case where the result is not definite. Omar Rava, what is the halacha? Omar Rava, Omar Rav Nachman, Omar Shmuel. So Rava said in the name of Rav Nachman, who said in the name of Shmuel, fourth, third, and second centuries, respectively, of the Amorim. The Amri law, some say no, Omar Rav Nachman, just the middle of those, the third century. He said by himself that halacha is kirib shimin, that we paskin like rib shimin. Why do, how do we know that we paskin like rib shimin, that davar shenim iskabin is mutter? Because he used our Mishnah, shaharei rebel ben azariah modelo. Because we see in our Mishnah right here on Chav Gimel, that rebel ben azariah allowed, he allowed for these combs to be used. So Amar le Rava, Rav Nachman, Rava was a Talmud. He said to his, to his Rebbe, I don't understand. Vilema Mar, there's the word of respect. He doesn't say Vilema, his name. Vilema Mar, my master. Maybe you, my master, should say Halacha Kareb Yehuda, because after all, in our Mishnah, we see in our Mishnah that the Chachamim don't agree with Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, which means that the Chachamim agree with Rabbi Yehuda, which means why did you say that the Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon if our Mishnah holds like the Chachamim? That doesn't make any sense. Omar Laser of Nachman responds, Ana Kirib Shimon Svirli. First of all, forget about our Mishnah. I hold like uh like Rib Shimon. And our Mishnah is just the uh it's just the icing on the cake. Uh, he as well holds of him. We paskin like this in Halacha. We paskin like uh Rib Shimon, and therefore Dabrashen Miskavin is in fact mutter. We just have to make sure that the, the potential results of the action that we're doing are not definite. So you can bounce a ball on a wall where there's a light switch. You can't be your goal. You can't benefit from the results. It's, it's not what you want. It's just you're bouncing a ball off the wall. And you're allowed to do that. Rabbi Huda would say you're not allowed to do that because that might lead to a problem. Rabbi Shimon says we're not so worried. Dabrashen Miskavin is mutter. That brings us to the second to final mission on the Parakan Chav Gimel Amid What's that? It's like a vending machine. There's a whole thing. Like, if, uh, like in a whole way, like your, your thing's stuck trying to get out. Yeah. You shake it to get yours out, but if everything comes out, can you benefit from all the different stuff? That's, mm, that's very interesting. But that, it, the concept is very similar. I hear the, I hear the comparison. That the halachos have to be different, though, because it's a mekachu memkar shail of taking other people's right. products. Like yeah, I mean, like, it, we would, the results would be different. We would not be able to eat the other food. See, with Reb, with Reb Shimon's shita, the uniqueness is if it's mutter to bounce the ball off the wall, then even if you turn off the light or turn on the light, you didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the real chap of Reb Shimon. Is that Dabr Shimon even if the result turns out to be malacha, that's okay. Because that wasn't what you were intending. It wasn't to your benefit. And in your case, you may be able to shake the thing a little. I mean, I gotta, it depends what we're talking about, right? Uh, so over, over the years in the JCC, when I was a kid and I stole money from, stole borrowed, a uh, long-term borrowed from dad's wallet, and I would put some money in the machine and, and shake it a little bit, you'd hope that the Reese's peanut butter cup would come out. And if the other stuff came out, but it's probably Geneva de Reis. Yeah. Maybe Geneva de Rabbanan if the owners were going. I don't know. It's, it's not good. Would the other one's holding up a What if you didn't take the snacks? Well, like Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda would say it's an Isidore seeming. It could be that he only holds that way, and we'd have to get into this together. I don't remember how he holds, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's a, a machlokis in regards to Dine Doresa. I'm not sure. Good question. 
All right, very top of Chav Gimel. Let's get to the end of the parak. Harechaim shel pilpilin, the grinders that were used to crush black peppers or any peppers, because the peppers are little spheres that that's how they grow in nature. And in order to benefit from them, we turn them into very small flakes. So that thing is tmea, is subject to becoming tuma. Uh, it's subject to becoming tame because it's actually a kli. Mishum shloshakalim, it's built out of three things. And if you look at your average pepper uh, grinder, you'll see the same thing. Mishum kli kibul, the receptacle at the bottom catches the flakes. Umishum kli matechas, umishum kli kivara. The thing at the top is the grinder, that's the matechas. Umishum kli kivara, it has a filter in the middle to make sure that the spheres, the actual, the actual peppercorns don't fall through. Only flakes can fall through of a desired size. So that's what the Gemara says, because it has the status of a Kli. So the Halacha is that it is subject to the rules of Tuma. Three lines down, Tana, this is just a Brysa repeating effectively what our Mishnah writes, Tachtona Mishum Kli Kibul, and Tzayis Mishum Kli Kvara, Elyona Mishum Kli Mateches. These are the three parts, that the bottom is the receiving end, the middle is the filter, and the top is the metal part that does the grinding. Last Mishnah in the Perek Baruch Hashem. Uh, we are moving along. We're more than halfway done with uh, with Maseches Beitza. So it says the Mishnah, Agala uh, Shel Katan, you have a little uh, stroller that is used for a child. The halacha is Tmea Medras. It is because it's a Kli, it's subject to the rules of Tuma. Uh, Tumas Medras is when a Nida or a Zava or a Yoledis would put their weight on top of that. They'd sit down or put their most of their body's weight on it. Then it gets the status of Tuma from that person. Then he tells us, B'Shabbos, it can be used because it's not Muksa. This doesn't answer the question of pushing strollers on Shabbos when there's no Eruv. You're not allowed to push a stroller on Shabbos where there is no Eruv. Major elements of our community here will not use the Eruv. And we have friends who we like having meals with, but they don't use it. We waited till their kids got old enough till they, the child could actually walk because they would not use strollers or we didn't bite them on whatever it was, or we just wouldn't invite them at all, which was also an option. So that's what he says when he tells Bishabbos, it's not Moksa. But, and this Mishnah is very strange, because we know other Mishnahists just intuitively from over the years, it cannot be dragged over dirt unless it was on top of something like a garment, like a sheet of some kind. Now, we already are, in our brains, we're aware of this other Mishnah. Ah, hold on one second. We know you can drag over dirt, even if it makes a charitz, or whatever all the halachos were. And then it, this is the strangest part of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, kol ha-kelim, Rabbi Yehuda says, all kelim, e-nigrarin, they cannot be dragged. Chutz min ha-agala koveshes. He says that... Um, uh, all kalin are not nigrarin, but when there's something with wheels on it, that's not a problem. It doesn't dig out the dirt. It compresses the dirt. Uh, let's say someone is riding one of those little two-wheel scooters, those razor scooters. So even if it makes a ditch in the ground, it's not actually a furrow where you've removed dirt. It's, that's just, you're just literally compressing dirt downward. Not good for the grass, but it's not actually changing anything really it's not really moving anything so much just compressing let's learn this last sugya in the parak and then we'll call it a night the reason the way it could become tummy is when a person would put their weight on it. Obviously, an adult is not going to sit in that, but if they were to lean on it with their weight and they were a nida, a yoledes, a zava, or a zav, whatever it is, or if the child was a was a zav, that can happen too, or a zav or a zava, that's a possibility as well. Tuma knows no bounds. So then under those circumstances, that could become tummy. Then he tells us Bishabis Mushumbikatoras Kliala, it's mutter to use because it has the status of a kli. It can only be dragged 
over something else. You can't bring a stroller over grass. It has to be over a blanket on the grass. Algabe kalim in only when there's something else on the ground. Algabe karkalo, but directly on the ground is not allowed. Asks the Gemara, my taima, what's the reason why you have to have something separating the wheels of the stroller from the ground? Because you might make a ditch. Asks the Gemara, money. Whose shita is that? Answers the Gemara, Rabbi Yehudahi. This is the sheet of Rabbi Yehudah, like we were learning earlier. These two Mishnahis are connected from behind the scenes. That this Mishnah here is indicating a little bit like the sheet of Rabbi Yehudah. Rabbi Yehudah, as we know, holds Dabr Shein Miskavin Aser. I'm not going over the grass with my stroller in order to make a charitz. I'm going because the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and your grass happens to be in the, in the middle. It's not nice to walk on people's grass. I try to avoid it, but that's what the what the din is. To eat Rib Shimon, if in fact you would have said that this case was Rib Shimon, for sure Rib Shimon would, would not have needed uh, anything to separate the wheels of the stroller from the ground. It's none, as the Mishnah writes, Rib Shimon Omer, Goder Adam Mita that a person is allowed to drag a, a bed or a chair or a bench. So we see that it must be that way. Says the Gemara, that's not so simple that this is Rabbi Yehuda and not Rabbi Shimon. Why? Because Ema Seifa, take a look at the end of the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ein HaKol Nigroren Bashabis, Chutz Min HaAgalav Ibnei Shikoveshes. Ibnei Shikoveshes in Aval Choritz Lo Avda. Oh, so we see over here that the concern of this Rabbi Yehuda in this Mishnah different than the Rebbe Huda in general. Rebbe Huda in this Mishnah seems to be concerned about koveshes, about crushing, depressing dirt, instead of actually making a charitz. And then this is a bit of a bombshell for having learned this machlokas so many times in Shas already. And the Gemara concludes the parak trei tanoi ve'alibad Rebbe Huda. There's a fundamental machlokas. What did Rebbe Huda oser when he said you can't drag something over the ground? Was he ossering even simply the crushing of dirt, which is this Mishnah here, which he says that it's koveshes, namely something with wheels, or no, it's only when there is a charitz. And that is a machlokas within two Talmidim of Rabbi Yehuda, who did not have a clear understanding. Hadran Allah Yom Tov Yeratam, you should come back to this daf in seven and a half years, wishing you all a beautiful night. See you in the morning if you're joining at about 7.40 or so. Uh, ish.